You cannot retain a true and clear vision of wealth if you are constantly turning your attention to opposing pictures, whether they are external or imaginary. The Guide to Dealing with Debt In Chapter 4 of my book, You Don't Have to Die Broke, is entitled The Guide to Dealing with Debt. At some rudimentary level, I think we all understand that debt is dangerous, unless you're a politician. But in our daily lives, many of us view it as, well, a necessity. We've been conditioned to have it now, pay for it later. We buy a home with it, cars, boats, televisions, and a million other electronic toys, even vacations. Some of us even finance telephones. Debt may be useful, but it isn't necessary. But it is a luxury. The problem is, it's a luxury that you literally cannot afford. According to research, the average American will spend north of, north of, $280,000 in interest alone over the course of their lifetime. Now, there's a proverb in the Bible that says the borrow, borrower will become slave to the lender. I had my first serious run-in with debt many years ago. Me and my wife at the time were renting a house in Corsicana, Texas, and the landlord came to us with this exciting opportunity that we could buy the house for $60,000 with no money down. For just $100 more per month than what we were already paying for rent, we could, well, become homeowners. Sounded like a great deal, so we took it. I was too foolish then to ask myself, what is the cost of this debt? And what we wound up with was a negatively amortized mortgage with a three-year term and an 11% interest rate. Now, that meant that every three years, we were paying $19,800 in debt service and another $3,000 in closing costs. Now, not to bore you with the different kinds of mortgages, but there's a regular amortized mortgage. The loan pays itself off over the term of a loan. For example, if you have a 30-year fixed mortgage, after 30 years, your principal and interest would, well, pay off the loan. A negatively amortized mortgage creates a payment schedule where your monthly payment do not cover the actual interest cost of your loan. This interest is not paid this interest is not paid and is added to the principal of the loan. And this leads to a situation where the loan balance increases instead of decreases. Think 2008. Negative amortized loans are rare, if, if, not, if not non-existent now, but they were the rage during the housing bubble before the crash in 2007. See, banks and lenders have a way of, well, much like a car dealer, what can you afford? What payment can you handle? How much debt can you service? That isn't the question. The question you need to ask is, what is this debt going to cost me? What is the true cost of the debt? Eventually, I managed to get us out of that house and into our first loan that actually made sense, but not before figuring out that even after calculating the rental value of living in that house, the deal had cost me more than $20,000 and I had basically had nothing to show for it. I learned that when banks make it easy for you to borrow money, it's not because you are nice or a deserving person. I learned that if you can get a loan despite poor credit, as mine was at the time, there is usually a scam involved. It also taught me 
to always ask two critical questions about debt. How much will it cost and can I afford it? Ask yourself, can you live with this new debt in a worst case scenario? If you lost your job tomorrow, could you pay for this debt next month, the month after, and the month after? And at what point do you reach where you're like, no, I can't pay it? Then, sir, ma'am, you can't afford it. Let me say it again. Debt is unnecessary and it is dangerous. And it's likely to be what will cause your divorce, destroy your family, and severely challenge the future of your children. It is unnecessary because there are always less expensive ways of getting what you want. And it is dangerous because it can sometimes be very costly. Debt is literally a slave master. And it will completely consume and possibly even ruin your life. Treat debt like a cancer. Live life taking action to avoid it. Let me give you two examples. Let's say that like most Americans, you're in debt. You have the habit of buying things with credit cards. Even worse, you are using rent-to-own stores for household items. Now, you may think this is crazy. You'd be shocked how many people do. And after a while, you notice that you've accumulated $30,000 in credit card and consumer debt. You decide to cut up the cards and get rid of the debt. And you decide, well, I could devote $400 a month to paying back what I owe. How long will it take you and how much will it cost? $30,000 debt, $400 a month repayment. The answer may shock you. It will take you 10 years to pay off your credit card. This is the compounding destruction of debt. Your total payments will be $47,428. Of that, $13,278 will have been interest payments. That is $13,278 that could have been making you money in one of the more one or more of the investment strategies that I will talk about further in the book. That is your money, and it should be working for you, not against you. Listen to me. Side note. Author side note. Every fucking dollar of interest is another man's passive income. You are providing passive income for other people. You have to tip the scale where you receive more than you pay. Or let's say that you buy a $150,000 home. You take out a $120,000 loan with a 6.5 interest rate. I know today that may sound high, but when I was first buying rental properties, I was paying as much as 8 or 9%. Your mortgage payments are $914 per month, which you can afford. But how much would that house really cost you? You'll end up paying $329,303 for it. Almost half of that $153,050 will have been interest payments. I know. The moment I bring that up, this is a very controversial subject because I believe in paying off mortgages. I believe if possible, if at all possible, you should not have a home mortgage. And this day and age... That's not a very popular uh, concept. In the day and age of gurus, they like to tickle your ears and tell you what you want to hear and give you the easy fucking path. And that path is never have, one, don't buy a house. That's the stupidest of all that I, I've heard. I've heard this from the Grant Cardones, the Robert Kiyosaki's. 
that you shouldn't even have a house or make a house, you know, you shouldn't even own a house, which is too stupid for me to even conversate about. Or that you should never pay off your loan because you could take that money and invest it. Okay. It's funny in all of those scenarios, they always make the assumption that you're going to get it right and that you don't mess up. And you, you the real estate that you buy it, uh, actually goes up in value and cash flows. You know, no one ever talks about the fact that, you know what, I'm a professional real estate investor and I've got it wrong. I've overpaid for houses. I've got the numbers wrong, end up being a money pit. I've bought stocks that went to fucking zero. That's always left out of the equation when the guru gives you the best idea. Not having a mortgage is always, it always pays. The commercial community, including bankers, rent-to-own stores, pawn shops, car dealers, payday loans, worst of all credit card companies, and as far as I'm concerned about most of your YouTube gurus, don't want you to be afraid of debt. Neither does the government. They want you to like debt. They want you to use it. They want you to go in debt because it's good for them. They'll use terms like good debt and bad debt, try to make you feel warm and fucking fuzzy about some debt as if you should accumulate it. They want you to spend every penny you earn, plus spend money you will earn in the future. When you take out a mortgage or sign a lease on a car or use a credit card to pay for your lifestyle expense, the commercial community profits. The manufacturers make money on the products you may or may not need, and the banks make money on your debt, and the government gets their cut through taxes and fees. There are a lot of people depending on you so they can get their bonuses. They need you to be their milk cow to provide for them passive income. The mainstream financial media rarely talks about the dangers of debt. That's because <coughs> they make their profits from these financial institutions, manufacturers who advertise and support their publications. And the government actually encourages us to take on debt. This was the strategy for getting us out of the Great Recession, and the second Bush administration, followed by the Obama administration and the Federal Reserve, adv advocated, and it's the same scheme that is being advocated by many politicians today, spend, 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 and keep spending. Our government is so addicted to spending that they literally have to print more money and sell debt just to cover the previous spending. And while we often criticize them for doing this, our behavior is no better. I recently got into a conversation, debate, whatever you want to call it, tit-tat, back and forth, as often happens, with a younger guy. and He, he, he was all concerned with uh, uh, the federal government fiat currency and we're printing money and the money supply is expanding and that's going to cause an economic collapse. I've literally heard this for 20 years. And we listened through, listened through, and I finally... As I got tired of this argument, I finally just asked him, how much debt do you have? And he's like, what do you mean? I said, how much debt do you have? And he had, you know, it was like 30-something thousand in student loans. He had a little bit of a cart. And I was like, what the fuck? You're printing money. You're doing the same thing that you're sitting here bitching about the government doing. You literally have printed more fucking money than you have. That's called debt. Same thing the government's doing. So don't sit and give me some bullshit story about the Federal Reserve when you're living just the same. He had never looked at it that way. So here's what you should know about debt. There is in some cases in which debt makes sense. 
buying cash flow rental properties is one of the few examples that I, you know, real estate values in many markets today are, well, author side note, when I wrote this book, it was in 2015, real estate values in many states today are as low as they've been in 10 to 20 years, not necessarily the case today. And mortgage rates are at three to 5% for people with good credit and are very low. It may also make sense to take on debt to finance a business, but you have to be very careful. You must be sure that your return you're getting on your debt is guaranteed to be considerably higher than the cost of debt. Now, while I'm author side note, I'm not a big fan of taking on debt for business unless you have a proven track record, meaning you have a profitable business and you need to acquire some expensive equipment and you have a track record for making money. It makes sense. If you're launching a business that you've never made a fucking dollar in and you're going to borrow $100,000 to open a store, you're an idiot, in my opinion. The problem is outliers. You know, we hear the stories and the people who borrowed large sums of money to launch the business. The problem is for every one successful one, there's a thousand that went out of business. Just keep that in mind. Make sure that you are an outlier. I don't know about you, but I'm not Elon Musk and I'm not Steve Jobs. I'm not fucking Einstein. I'm just a guy from Texas who's trying to make a living. And I have to realize my own limitations and I'm smart enough to know what I don't know. So the idea of borrowing a hundred grand on an uncollateralized asset that doesn't produce income on the grand hope that I'm going to add, will turn it around and produce something is to me egregious and neglects my responsibility to family. In most cases, debt is completely unnecessary and again, dangerous. As a general rule, you should live without it. Unless you are wealthy, don't lease a car. Buy it used. Buy the car you can afford, not the car you believe will make you happy. Any non-appreciating asset such as a car will never make you happy if you have to pay debt to pay is debt service. I didn't buy my first luxury car until I was financially free, and even then I bought a used model. I bought a two-year-old 525i BMW that had lost about half its original value. I purchased it from the seller. The seller had paid over forty grand. I paid twenty-six thousand. Love that car. I paid cash. Now, side note: you're going to have people come along to you, and they're going to say, "Yeah, but you just tied up all that money in a depreciating asset." You could have bought a rental property, and the rental property would have paid for the asset. No, it wouldn't have. $26,000 is not going to cover the payment on a $26,000 car. Now, it covers some of it, assuming everything goes correctly. But when you put in the money, let's say you have to put $16,000, $20,000 down on the house, and now you're going to need five, ten, fifteen, maybe more in repairs, we don't know. We haven't started pulling back walls and finding all the unknowns, right? And so your strategy of instead of paying cash for the car where you no longer have a payment, you could actually take on a car payment and then buy a fucking money pit that you owe a ton on. I've done this. So the idea that that doesn't happen shocks me how people just clearly explain some strategy that they have no idea it's going to possibly go that way. If you could even find the property, and if you do, that it even cash flows. And if it does, that you even were capable of repairing it and where it comes in at the right price. So be careful of gurus who present perfect pictures 
and give you financial strategies that tickle your ears. Pay cash for your cars. Non-appreciating assets that lose value in a minute you start using them or take ownership of it. These are things like cars, boats, and RVs. These are things that don't go up in value. I'm not against these things. I just think you should actually own these things and not lease these things. Don't buy anything with a credit card. (coughs) Use a debit card to buy clothes and groceries. If you don't have enough money in your bank account to use a debit card for purchases, don't buy it. If you don't have enough money in the bank to buy something, it means you can't afford it. If you can't afford the debit on your house, the debt on your house, sell it. Buy something cheaper. In any case, start paying off the principal balance on your house, the amount you owe, not the interest you will owe, as fast as you can. Make it your goal to own your house free and clear as soon as possible. Again, this is a very controversial idea. If you live in California, I get it. It may be impossible. If you live where I live in Texas, it is possible. And I'm not saying you do it in one day, but it could become part of your strategy to do it in, say, 7 to 10 years. In, in this case, principal is the amount borrowed or the amount still owed on a loan, separate from interest a bank charges you. When I started earning decent money, the first thing I did was pay off the mortgage of my home. I love the idea of owning my home free and clear, so I put every extra dollar I had toward paying down that mortgage. And I'll never forget how great it felt the day that I made that final payment. This may seem like an impossibility, but it's completely possible. I made additional payments And in seven years, I paid off a 30-year mortgage. If you have an expensive debt, such as credit card debt, pay that off first. Student loans, pay that off first. Debt that comes with double-digit interest, like credit cards, etc., is like a big hole in the bottom of your piggy bank. You have to plug that hole before you put another penny in the slot. But if you have less expensive debt, such as student loan, you might be able to pay it off at the same time as you're putting money into savings and investing. I got into a little tiffle with another, not that I consider myself an influencer, but with another influencer regarding this idea. He's constantly telling people, people will ask him questions like, should I pay off my student loans or should I invest in real estate? To me, this is such a stupid fucking question because I first don't believe them. So when someone says that to me, should I pay off my student loans or should I pay, should I get a rental property? The first thing I ask them, How much money do you have? And invariably, they say none. So it's just a mental masturbation question, meaning you can't actually do either one. They say, no, 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 no. I mean, mean, I'm going to save it up and do it. Well, then pay off the student loan. Oh, well, that's going to take a long time. (laughs) Another, you know, so we go around and around. It's all fictitional. It's not real. And so this guru tells them, well, it depends on the interest rate. No, it doesn't. It doesn't depend on the interest rate. Interest rates aren't your problem. You're not fucking broke because of interest rates. You're broke because you made bad financial decisions. And you need to fix that. Plug the hole and then start investing. This is the problem. This is why most Americans end up, the title of my first book was You Don't Have to Die Broke. You think the people that are dying broke don't know what to do? No, they're just not applying it. And a lot of times we get caught up in playing these games in our mind instead of actually doing the work that needs to be done. And so we go, well, the reason I'm not paying off my student loan 
quote unquote is I'm saving for an investment property. No, you're not. You're not doing that at all. Because then when I ask them, okay, well, how many properties have you looked at? Well, none. First law of the science of getting rich is what you hold in formless substance, right? You have to begin to manifest that process. And so you're not doing that. You're making an excuse for not attacking your debt. Because you can't tell me you're looking for real estate and you're not actually looking at real estate. I'm not talking about looking at it on a computer. I'm talking about leaving your house and going driving and looking at real estate, walking around, getting on a roof, crawling underneath the house, putting your hands on real estate. That's looking at real estate. Mental masturbation at your computer looking at realtor.com is not looking at real estate. Okay? And so, yeah, I'm trying to be blunt here because I think most of the advice people are given is horrific. Telling someone, no, don't bother paying off your credit card when the S&P 500 is up 27%. You should just invest in stocks. is stupid on steroids. You're giving a person advice to invest who hasn't first controlled their own spending. This is literally like Congress. And yet we give each other this advice while bitching about the U.S. government doing the same thing. So if you're sitting on debt, you're printing your own money. So don't talk to me about the Federal Reserve printing money when you're rolling around in it. It's the American way. So this is why I don't get all weirded out when people start talking about the Federal Reserve and money printing and the coming collapse. Everyone's doing that, dude. Like everyone in fucking America is sitting on piles of debt and they're worried about the federal government. So off my high horse on that. Pay off your credit cards, dummy. Don't try to invest. Pay off your student loans. Don't buy real estate until you get out of your student loans. Don't be stupid. Stop looking for shortcuts. It's one of the chapters in the book. Do the hard thing. So here's what you do. And don't tell me you have like. Now, if you said to me, Gerald, I was just presented with a deal. And I have the money right here. And this thing will, like, I mean, you could buy it literally tomorrow, put in the offer and it's yours. That's a conversation. But you don't actually have the money to buy the real estate. And this is all fictitional. In that situation, you need to pay off the student loan because you actually have that. That's real fucking problem sitting right in front of you. This over here is just made up idea of something you might like to do. In my opinion, it's just to avoid the student loan. You're doing anything you're going to do to avoid attacking this. And you, if you're not careful, I'm telling you because I'm talking from experience, you're going you're gonna to get into this entrepreneur motivation, investing, uh, uh, entertainment, mind warp, and you'll entertain yourself and you'll never actually begin to do the things you need to do to get where you need to go. <clears throat> Attack the debt. If you, um, it's all a matter of math. You need to compare the annual cost of keeping the debt versus the annual return you would get on your savings and investing. You should expect to get, on average, only enough savings to cover inflation, 3 to 4%. And you should expect to get something more than 5 and less than 15% on your investing. The logic is this. Give priority to the highest number. Now, in that formula that you just saw should i pay off the pay off the debt man if your debt is insurmountable 400 500,000 that's a different conversation but you're an average working joe you got 45 50,000 dollars in debt 
You saw my example. What are you going to do? Pay $400 school payments for the rest of your fucking life? Or you could just spend two years and pay your shit off. Get it clean. Get your credit established. Read some books. Take some courses. Knock out the debt. And then with a clear slate and money that you make is all yours, you can now begin to approach this thing. You know, But people get the cart before the horse. Inflation is the rate at which general level of prices for goods and services rise each year. For example, inflation is 3%. If inflation is 3% for the loaf of bread that cost you $1 last year, it'll cost you $1.03 this year. Its price went up, and because it went up, you'll end up buying less bread this year. Say you have a $6,000 in credit card debt with an 18% interest rate in a $10,000 student loan with a 4% interest rate. You should pay off the credit card debt first because the 18% interest you're paying is greater than the 3 to 4% you're getting on any sort of savings or the 15, 5 to 15% you'd get on any sort of investments. After you've paid down the $6,000 in credit card debt and hopefully shredded your credit cards, you are in a very different position. The cost of your student loan debt is 4% is more or less equal to what you can expect to earn from your savings. In theory, it makes no difference what you do at this point. However, and this is where I preference, I'm not an idiot. I understand math. I understand why why idiots, why gurus will tell you, you know, to invest instead of paying down a lower interest loan. However, in practice, I recommend that you pay off your student loan debt while you save and invest and take care of all three obligations faithfully. The main challenge is not arithmetic, however, it's psychological, and this is what the gurus miss. What they're saying doesn't address your problem. It doesn't address the fact that you were willing to sign your fucking life away for what? A history degree? See what I'm saying? We have to address the issue of the debt. The guy selling you the course and the book, he's trying to make passive income for himself. So he's going to tell you what you want to hear. He's not going to tell you what you need to know. We have to eliminate the debt. The main challenge is not arithmetic, however, it's psychological. You must develop what I call the millionaire mindset. Someone with a millionaire mindset has a healthy appreciation for building wealth and good financial habits. A person with a millionaire mindset enjoys savings and investing just as a person with a poverty mindset enjoys spending and accumulating debt. The person with a millionaire mindset would be uncomfortable with the debt, whereas the person with a poverty mindset sees debt as something that they must have, unavoidable, maybe even desirable. Imagine living with no mortgage payment, no car payment, no credit cards, no student loans. How much easier would your life be? How much quicker would you become financially free? And if you were troubled by debt, know this. You can get out of it, just as I did. I started this journey with over $140,000 in debt, 70 of which was consumer debt. And when you are debt-free, you can begin to use debt strategically. But to do so, you must always ask yourself two critical questions. How much can how much will it cost and can I afford it?
Hey guys, Gerald Peters. Thanks for listening to the Science of Getting Rich podcast. Um, hope you enjoyed that. I'll probably do some more of those. That's just a reading from my book, You Don't Have to Die Broke, Chapter 4, entitled Debt. Um, you know, I kind of ad-libbed in there and got a little bit off track, but um, I hate debt. It makes me sick. There is no good debt. I don't even like mortgage debt on rental properties, even though I do it because it's how you have to do the business. Um, you know, you're going to hear people like Robert Kiyosaki, you know, guys that want to take you down $15,000 funnels and drain every penny out of your pocket, talk to you about how they love debt. You're going to hear the Grant Cardone talk about how they love debt. That's all bullshit. Nobody loves debt. Nobody loves debt. We use debt, but nobody loves it. Doesn't even fucking make sense when you hear people say dumb shit like that. You're going to tell me you'd rather have $350 million in debt or $350 million debt-free. I mean, it's dumb, right? I understand with the context in which they're saying. But when they put messages in people's head like that, love debt, love debt, it's the wrong message. You should hate debt. Now, it may be something you have to do. I have debt. I have debt on rental properties. But I hate it. And every day it gets knocked down a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And yes, I take on more debt. I get it. It doesn't mean I like it. And I don't even like talking in those terms. It's just something that I have to do. In the same sense, I don't necessarily like doing push-ups, but it's something that I need to do continue my physical conditioning. So don't grow into this mindset that debt is good. All debt sucks, period. God bless.